All right, folks, you've hit the download button on the Survivalist Podcast, the number one prepper survival show on the Electronic Media Collective Podcasting Network. Yeah, uh, that's my friend Randy's uh, podcast network. He actually threw us up there a while ago, and uh, we've been, you know, I've been on there for a while. So if you guys have, uh, you're interested in that, check out the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. But you have hit the button on another Survivalist Podcast. Podcast, uh, folks. A lot of things going on in the, here at the homestead. Uh, tons of things going on. I'll keep you all in the loop. But today, folks, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about some Permia culture stuff. Oh, we're going to go ahead and talk about uh, an update on the chicks and how they're doing, and a whole bunch of other stuff today. Uh, so, folks, a lot of things. A lot of things been going on here at the homestead lately. But uh, one of the big things, like I said, is we actually got our chickens uh, outside now. They're actually outside. They're fully feathered, and uh, they're out in their hen house outside. And I uh, went ahead and uh, we built a, built a coop for them and. Uh, I actually bought the chicken wire from Tractor Supply and bought the long post on that. We actually wrapped the chicken wire around the post. That's actually been going uh, really, really well. Actually, that came out uh, better than I originally uh, had actually anticipated. I uh, still don't have a roof on it yet. I'm thinking about possibly maybe uh, maybe doing the maybe come springtime maybe doing a, doing a roof on it because we're going to be getting into the winter months here shortly with them, but. Uh, so they'll be mostly in the hen house most of the time, but uh, we're going to be like so we'll be getting into the the winter months, so uh, they'll be in the hen house a lot more because uh, we live here in the in the Poconos and uh, it gets rather cold, so they'll be in the hen house most of the you know most of the most of the year, but most of the winter anyway. But uh, this way, you know, at least they're they're outside. So we've been we've been they're not laying yet. They probably won't lay eggs for probably at least another at least at least another couple of months anyway. And uh, once they do, we'll start enjoying, you know, the the fruits of our labor, I guess you could say. Uh, we're down to three. Uh, we originally had eight. Uh, we actually had an issue with uh, a couple of them didn't, uh, quite a few of them didn't make it. And that's the unfortunate thing about raising chicks from, uh, f- you know, from a couple of days old is, you know, some of them make it and, and just some of them don't. But uh, that's unfortunate. But we did everything right. And, you know, some of them just, they just don't make it. But uh, we got three right now. What I think I'm going to do is from a local farm at the street. He actually has some that are ready, just ready to go outside. So uh, I might get some from him and make the flock a little bigger. I'm not exactly sure yet. But, uh, you know, we have a couple of them. And just from my wife, you know, my, myself and my daughter, I think three should be more than, than enough for our, you know, our, our needs anyway. Uh, I actually had a hen house. We actually made a hen house. Uh, I made it out of like T111 and stuff like that. It actually is enough for a couple. Uh, I made sure I put in three brooders, one for each. Uh, I got the, you know, the feeding pen, you know, feeding, you know, pens and uh, all that kind of stuff. So they're, they're all ready to go. They're outside. Uh, I've been using them. The reason why I'm bringing the chickens up first, I'll tell you, you'll find out in a minute, but uh, we've been actually using them uh, to actually go ahead and kind of use, use kind of using the chicken to just kind of kind of do what chickens do and uh we, what we did was we put them in an area that i think is where i want to plant uh and what we did was we put them there and, and you kind of let them just kind of do what chickens do you know you make sure you when you feed them food on the ground and, and kind of just let them you know, kind of just pack and scrape and, and kind of do their, you know, do their business. Uh, and they go ahead and they do it right on the lawn. 
on and that's you know what that does that actually fertilizes the property and you'd be surprised how much uh, they can do in only a few short weeks as far as uh, making the ground you know uh, really having a nice layer of fertile soil there Uh, and they're you know it's not like you have to train them to do it they're just doing what chickens do and uh, within a matter of like a couple you know a couple of weeks uh, you know you have a nice nice uh, nice top of uh, you know fertile you know, area for them to, you know, to, to actually just to plant and, and do what other things you, you want to do. So, uh, what I've been doing is we actually did plant, uh, some trees this year. We actually planted a, an apple tree and, uh, you know, a pair a pears and, and a couple of trees that we know will be producing plants, uh, so that we can go ahead and, you know, use them and, and save money. And as well, you know, kind of, you know, get the benefits of those, of those plants. So, uh, trees. Well, what we actually did was, uh, what you can do, what we did is you get like a small, like a, like a kiddie pool like at Walmart or something, like a couple dollars, and you put it in the pen with them. And, and during the day, like the hot days, not when it's cold, but during the hot days, they'll actually jump in there and splash, and uh, they'll kind of do their do their thing in there. And uh, what you can do is you let that go for, you know, just a... Uh, just you know a day or two, and then you can actually take that water out and actually water your your plants with it. It gives your plants a, a nice, you know, very rich, uh, you know, kind of uh, water to uh, you know fertilizer uh, to you know in the water to actually you know have your you know fertilize your plants. That's what a lot of people actually do. They actually will take the a lot of people actually do it with ducks, but I've been doing it with the chickens. But uh, what you actually what you can actually do is, like I said, you actually take a, you know, just a kiddie pool with just an inch or two of water in it. And like I said, you put it in their pen and in the hot days, they'll jump in there and then while they're in there, they'll, you know, do their business. And then, uh, you know, after a couple of days, you can take it and, uh, you know, you have nice, you know, uh, very rich, uh, you know, fertilizer for your plants and you you water your plants with that a couple of days a week and you watch how fast they actually grow. And plus, too, it cuts back on the smell and, and cuts back on the actually using fertilizer. I mean, yeah, it's, it, the water itself doesn't smell too good, but you're not going to smell it after you... You, you water the plants with it. So uh, that's why I know a lot of people have I do done that. I've actually done that. It's a little trick. Uh, the other thing you could do to, to help you as far as bordering your plants and all that kind of stuff, and I've seen some people do it, uh, what they'll actually do is they'll actually get a small uh, kiddie pool or a small pond, they'll level it, and then what they'll do, they'll actually put goldfish in it, and they'll feed the goldfish for, you know, a couple, you know, for at least a couple of weeks. And uh, then what they do, they take the goldfish out, put them into another pond, and they take that water and they fertilize their plants. So, I mean, even if, even if you're saying to me, well, I don't have a lot of room like you do to have chickens or I can't have wildlife where I am, you know, even if you get yourself some, you know, just a small, you know, pond of go- of goldfish and just use that for, you know, use that. And like I said, it won't be as much as chickens because obviously chickens produce a lot, but especially if you're feeding them. But uh, what you want to do, like I said, you actually, you can actually go ahead and actually, you know, have the, you know, the, the goldfish in there and let them kind of do their thing for a couple of, for you know, a couple of weeks, at least every week or so you have a nice, you know, rich, you know, uh, you know, fertilized water to, to use to, to water your plants with to be fertilizer. So uh, that's what I know a lot. A couple of my friends do live actually, they live in, you know, really smaller towns where you can't have chickens and stuff like that. Like we have a couple acres here so we can get away with it, but uh, some places you can't. So that's what they actually do with the goldfish. And it actually does work pretty well from what I've been told. Uh, a friend of mine actually does his whole garden with it. He's actually got a couple of ponds of goldfish because uh, he can't have where he is. He's got a pretty nice bottle of lamp, but they don't allow any type of wildlife like that. So what he does is he actually... 
Uh, since they're not allowed to farm animals or anything like that, he actually does it all with with goldfish, and uh, he's actually got a rather elaborate system. I'm going to see if I can get him on the podcast one day to actually talk was actually talk about it. He actually has a system where you actually, uh, you know. He's got a couple different bins of them, and then he actually has like a spigot on it, and he actually, <laughs> actually, you know, uh, will open up the spigot, take some water, put it in, and dump it on the plants, um, and that's how he does it most of the summer. And uh, he has plant. He actually has a pretty nice big garden, so uh, you know he must be doing something right. But he's the one that actually taught me about using the, the fertilizer and the water, and using the animals. I know a lot of, like I said, a lot of guys do it with ducks around here. I've been using the chickens. Uh, I've been talking about getting ducks, but I'm not exactly sure just yet. But uh, they would be kind of something to do but uh but like i said he actually does it with with goldfish and uh, it actually does work pretty well and that's actually a cheap way to do it because you can feed goldfish for rather t- re- you know relatively cheap like i know a 50 pound bag of chicken food you know chicken feed is expensive but uh you can actually do it with you know just a couple you know, you can do a goldfish and just a couple, I mean, to feed goldfish is cheap. And you can buy goldfish, right? I mean, chickens can be an investment, but I mean, to get goldfish, I mean, you can go buy goldfish at the local, you know, pet store for, you can find, you know, a dozen of them for a few bucks. So, I mean, you know, that, that might be your cheaper way to go if you're in a tight spot where you don't have a lot of room or you can't really afford to do chickens because they can be expensive at times, but you can actually do it with goldfish and do yourself a nice garden. Uh, some people, even if you if you live in the city, I know some people, what they actually do is actually have a couple of goldfish and then they just do a couple of on their, you know, on, on their uh, windowsill and then they just use the, the goldfish water every three, four days when they change the water uh, to water their plants and you get, you know, really, really good plants that way. It really is a good way of fertilizing and it actually is a cheap way to do it. So uh, that's an idea for you as well. So, like I said, folks, we've been working on the homestead uh, quite a bit lately. Uh, we've actually redid the front porch. We actually did that the last time I talked to the porch. Um, I'm actually working on the garage right now because I want to get uh, my snowblower in there and I'm going to start preparing for winter. So, I actually was up there last weekend with a buddy of mine, and uh, we were actually going ahead and actually we redid the whole roof. We shingled the roof. Uh, that was quite a bit of work, but uh, we did it all ourselves, and uh, that's how you really save money. You know, if you you got, I know you guys get, I know I get a lot of questions from you guys. Uh, you know, and you say all the time, "How can I save money? How can I save money?" And uh, if you can, if you can do the construction work yourself, you save a ton of money. You know, the materials are expensive, but uh, the labor is uh, even more expensive. So that's how you can definitely save some money by going ahead and trying to do some of the work yourself. But uh, we redid the roof now, so. Uh, so far, that seems to be doing pretty good. So, uh, you know, we did the roof, and now we're going to hopefully uh, kind of maybe take a little break from doing anything over the winter, kind of give myself a little break, give myself a chance, a little little time to enjoy stuff, maybe do a little podcasting, um, you know, because this past summer has been rather, rather busy uh, here in the homestead. But uh, during the summer especially is our busy time of the year here. We try to do try to get as much done as we can in the couple months of summer we have here in the Poconos. So, like I said, folks, we went ahead and we, we like I said, we did the, we built the uh, the chicken coops and all that. And like I said, folks, talking about uh, talking about homesteading and all that kind of stuff, talking about uh, farming and all that. Uh, some of the other tips you can tips you, tips you can try is you can actually go ahead and um, one of the things I've been trying to do recently is if you take seeds and you take you take like a seed from an apple or from one of your plants. Uh, you know that you you know eating and all that kind of stuff, and one of the things I've done is you actually if you actually put them in water and let them just kind of let them sit in the water for a couple of days, uh, and then actually like I said and just and just leave them sit for a few days, uh, and then take them out of the water after a couple of days. Make sure it's cold water and put them in the soil. 
and keep watering them. Uh, you can actually start, uh, you know, doing your own seeds, uh, your own seeding and stuff like that. Uh, I've actually been working on that, but I have not been personally have not been overly successful. I'm wondering, trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. Like I said, you, you said, I said, I have gotten the start of plants a few times, but they didn't, uh, unfortunately didn't work out as, as well. So I've been trying a couple other things now that a friend of mine told me to try. And like I said, what you actually do is you actually take the seeds from an apple or whatever when you're done eating it and, uh, you know, take the seeds and like I said, you soak them in water a little bit and then what you can actually do, you actually go ahead and like I said, after a couple of days soaking them, uh, you know, put them in, in the soil and they can actually start growing. Now, the other thing my mom told me to do, and I did not realize this, is you can actually take, if you're driving down the street and you see a plant or something that you like, if you go to it, it's almost okay with the owner, uh, you can actually go ahead, or if it's a wild plant, it's fine, uh, but take a little piece of the plant and you put the little piece of plant in water for, you know, just, just a couple of, just like a week or two, and if, once you see it starts growing roots, uh, then you can actually go ahead and plant it in soil. I wouldn't bring it outside right away, I'd maybe get a small pot and put it inside so you can kind of control the environment, but oh, that was something you can do as well. My mom actually taught me that trick. She said that's what they used to do uh, years ago. They would borrow, you'd borrow plants from your friends and give you a small piece of it, uh, and then you'd actually grow it in your house. So I thought that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed trying that. Uh, my mom gave me a piece of lilac, and uh, we were actually, I actually put it in water. She did get roots, and I have a little lilac bush growing now, so it makes the, makes the kitchen smell kind of nice. But that's something you can try as well. Like I said, I learned that actually uh, from my mom. I did not know you could actually go ahead and do that. It's pretty cool. Uh, so those of you guys that ever want, uh, you know, a piece of plant from somebody, as long as you get a small piece of it, uh, you know, you can actually do pretty good. The other thing is too, I know you can, if you get pieces, if you have roots, uh, you say you can soak them in the water and replant the roots. I don't know any way that it's actually worked for yet. Uh, I've actually asked a couple people to come for my friends if they had any luck with that. Uh, they actually, nobody I know has actually had any kind of real luck with that. But if you've had any luck with it, you know how to do it. Uh, like I said, I'm, uh, you know, go to survivalistpodcast.org and uh, shoot me an email and let me know what you did. And maybe you can give us some information. We can go ahead and share it with everybody. But like I said, I've been working on that. Uh, one of the things, too, folks, I want to talk about is uh, <laughs> kind of interesting. Uh, we, when, like I said, when we were picking plants for our property here, our homestead, uh, one of the things we were picking is we were picking the plants we were going to use. Uh, what do we like to eat? My wife and I were having these these conversations of what we're going to buy, what we'd eat. Uh, this is that, and the other thing. Uh, one of the things I do want to point out is is the be- the best kind of plants to 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 grow are plants you can kind of get dividends from. And what I mean by that is uh, if, if, if you don't like peaches, the odds are a chance you probably shouldn't be growing a peach tree. Okay? Uh, you know, like for us, we like apples, we like pears, you know, we like stuff like, we like blueberries. Blueberry bushes, you got to be careful because blueberry bushes, uh, you can actually get a lot of snakes from blueberry bushes. I know a lot of people say, oh, plant a blueberry. Blueberries are great. Yeah, they are, but they also bring a ton of snakes with them. Uh, well, in our area, right in the Bocono Mountains, we, we do get a lot of uh, snakes with blueberry bushes. But uh, like I said, you want to be... You want to be very careful with the, with the bushes. The bushes are something you got to, that's a whole nother animal, but trees are different. But 
like I said, if you want to go ahead and plant some trees, you know, like I said, you plant, you know, trees you're going to get dividends from. So, like, you might want to plant a tree if you like, you know, any type of fruit you like, go ahead and, and plant those trees, and then you can get dividends from them. Now, somebody said to me when I built a lot, it was doing, you know, somebody said to me when I was doing, you know, the lilac bushes, they're like, well, what kind of dividends are you going to get from, from those? Well, I do get some dividends from them. If you live in my house, the house smells nice. You know, my wife periodically, we've got a couple of them now. My wife will periodically go outside and cut a couple pieces of them off and we'll put them into the, you know, into our, into our living room or our kitchen or probably usually the kitchen around holidays and stuff like that and pee and they make the house smell nice. So I get something from them. Uh, they're not just there. And two, we have to look at two, like there's some trees have that people say all the time well what do you get from those trees and the couple trees we have uh you know they're not the greatest trees in the world but they come they're from the south area and and uh they provide shade in that side of the house we don't get a lot of sun and stuff on that side of the house because we got the trees there that block the sun so they're providing a purpose so we're getting some sort of dividend from them so that's very important when you when you actually are picking what bushes you want to your trees or bushes you want to plant you got to look at where you're planting them and what dividend you're actually going to get out of them one thing, too, you had to realize, folks, too, you have to look at the health of your plants as well because that's really important. Um, for instance, when we first moved here, there was like maybe like six or seven trees that we actually had to cut down because the trees, I mean, this place had been abandoned. Not a, I don't want to say it's abandoned, but that's the only word I can use to describe it. Nobody had really done anything four or five years, and a lot of the plants here were just in really bad shape. The trees especially uh, were in terrible shape, and uh, they all had gotten some fungus or something that had killed them all, and the trees were just pretty much skin and bones so we actually went ahead and cut them down so uh, we actually we did the trees didn't go to waste because we did use some of them for firewood but that was unbelievable how many of them were actually dead and just from people not taking care of them so you got to make sure too when, when you plant trees there's something you're gonna have to take care of and if you let that tree grow 10 20 years you may actually down the road may have to actually cut it down and, and burn it i mean there i mean it may come down to that especially if the tree is not healthy and it's a danger if it's going to fall on your house or fall on somebody else's house or block a road or something like that and you know if it's dying it's just time to you know kind of take it out of its misery and uh, we had to do that with quite a few of the plants here because uh the plants were just just i mean the, the, plants, the trees uh, were just in terrible, terrible shape. So one of the other things, folks, too, is we're talking about trees and stuff like that, but uh, if you're talking about planting anything, too, we're talking about the garden, uh, one of the things you're going to always have to contend with with any type of, of garden, though, is going to be, you know, the the wildlife around it. Um, for instance, here, one of the things that we have tons of problems with we've actually had to address uh is deer there's so many deer in this area that and it's one of those things where uh you know they're and deer just you know they come right up they just they eat the plants they they don't care to them it's food uh they don't realize what you're trying to do here and you know and one of the things that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to find a way to keep them away from your planting um and that's going to be uh very challenging i try to avoid spraying anything on i know people say well it's okay it's you know you read it says oh it's safe as long as you know yeah, but I don't know. I, I try to avoid spraying anything actually on the plants or on the trees. I know they say it's safe, but I, I don't trust it. Uh, we try to do other things other to try to keep the animals kind of away from our plants. That's kind of been something that we've been 
working on over the last couple months, you know, last six months or so we've been here trying to actually keep things away from the plants. That's kind of been, it's a challenge in its own right, but uh, we've been working on it and I try, like I said, we, we built fences around things. Uh, you know, we've built, you know, built things up on platforms. That's been something we've done too. We took some railroad ties and actually went ahead and actually built a ramp, built a little platform to actually have the, the gardens up a little bit to try to keep things away from not just deer, but other animals as well. Uh, so there's things you're going to have to try, and the wildlife is probably going to be your biggest challenge with planting stuff to try to go ahead and try to keep the animals away because they're they're just going to go ahead and eat eat anything that they can find. To them, it's an easy it's easy pickings, but uh, so that's something you're going to have to work on, and you're going to actually have to go ahead and try to you know really just to figure out a way to just keep them away from the plants and and all that. And it's going to be it's going to be trying <laughs> at times, but so you have to figure that because that there. They're one of the probably one of the greatest threats to anything you're planting is going to be the the wildlife in the local area. That's going to be one of your biggest things you're going to have to worry about is trying to keep them, uh, you know, away from any of the the food you're growing. And like I said, I try to try to avoid spraying anything on the plants. I know they say it's safe, but you never know what they find 10, 15 years down the road. So, but I have found fencing works pretty well. And I found that, uh, you know, like I said, positioning, raising things up, uh, you know, uh, some of my friends actually built gardens up on pallets. That actually worked pretty well. I know one of the things my buddy did that worked pretty well for him as far as planting goes, uh, what he actually did was actually a really bright idea. What He actually went ahead and he, he actually used uh, first layer that he actually laid cardboard down and he laid the soil on top of it. And that actually worked really well for keeping out weeds and all that kind of stuff out of his garden. Uh, that worked actually really well and the other thing too cardboard tends to keep moisture in uh so if you had a couple dry days the plants still did really well because the cardboard underneath was still wet and they were still getting some sort of moisture uh you know from them so that actually worked really well for my friend uh you want to make sure you're using good clean uh cardboard you don't want to use anything that's you know like chemicals in it or like like you wouldn't want to use like uh, you know your uh box that had bleach in it or anything you know you want to use good clean cardboard but that's something he actually did and that actually worked like i said pretty well for him as far as uh planting goes uh, the cardboard like i said he that helped him out quite a bit uh, i know to a certain degree you do have to use some chemicals to try to you know but i try to avoid, i try to grow all my all our all our food uh, organically, uh, it's a lot safer and all that kind of stuff. Even with the chickens, uh, I try to give them a good protein-rich organic diet. Uh, it's just the way there's, you know, they, I, I try to so keeps them healthier if they're eating organic, and uh, makes the eggs we're eating a lot more organic. If they're, we're not worrying about stuff that's going to be in the food that they're eating and all that, uh, you try to, too, folks. If you have chickens, not that I'm an expert or anything yet, but I'm getting to be there. Uh, one of the things you want to make sure you do is you want to make sure they do have a full, rich, healthy diet diet because uh, part, and part of that, folks, is making sure they graze. Uh, one of the things people don't realize is a lot of chickens, especially, uh, they have to graze to a certain degree because they need those that, those little rocks, those little things they pick up in their beak and spit them out. And all, all that is part of their digestive system. A lot of people think you can just, you, you no, I'm not going to let them graze. Them. But they actually need to, to graze to a certain degree. It's not about keeping them healthy. It's about, you know, making sure that you can actually, you know, that they're, they're getting all that stuff is part of their digestion and giving them a whole complete diet uh, so they can produce the best, get the, you can get the best egg production out of them and so that they're healthy and that you're healthy with the food you're eating. So uh, that's very, very important as well. 
Uh, one of the things I always do is always make sure I use well water, good fresh water uh, when I feed the chickens. I would never feed, you know, water them or give any food to them that I wouldn't eat. So it's very important to make sure you take care of them so that they can give you the best egg production possible and give you, you know, the healthiest food possible to be eating. Especially since, you know, those eggs are, you know, I mean, they're, they're important because you're going to use them for a lot of things. Uh, one of the things, like I said, too, folks, we try to, I do try to avoid spraying anything on the plants or anything like that. We try. Uh, we have we have had some issues with, well, we've had to uh, spray some pests and stuff on it to keep some bugs in there that we were destroying them. But uh, when we can, we try not to. We do the best we can. We, I would say probably 99% of the time uh, we don't use anything. But uh, once in a while, you just have a problem that you just fortunately have to have to do that for. We try not to, but it happens. And like I said, folks, what's really what's really important, like I said, with the chickens is if you know, if you have chickens and you want to know, you know, and you know where you want to garden next year, uh, your best bet would be to put them there for a couple months before you start gardening and start planting. Because those couple months before they before you start gardening, if they're there, it'll make that ground just uh, that much more rich and, and fertile. Uh, you know, to grow stuff on, uh, you know, like <laughs> one thing chickens do is produce a lot of nitrogen and, uh, that's, uh, you know, one of the things you need. So, and like I said, that's what, and that's why folks, a lot of, you see a lot of farm, like a lot of people think farmers just have chickens, uh, for the eggs. They, they don't chick uh, farmers have, have chickens as well because they actually use them. They'll, they'll let them graze on them, especially if they know they're going to plant somewhere, you know, in a year or two from then. They'll actually make sure they put their chickens there for a year or two uh, to help fertilize the property and all that. I mean, it's not just, it's for the egg production, I'm sure it's part of it, but a lot of it too is because they want to use that land uh, down the road uh, to plant on. So they put their chickens on there, which is really good and uh, a really smart thing to do if you're a farmer. Uh, definitely makes growing something uh, just that much easier. Uh, that's what I recommend to everybody about that. If you if you know that's where you're going to be planting, make sure you put them there. Oh, another thing, folks. Somebody else, a couple of friends, might have done that. Uh, they don't they don't have chickens, but uh, what they've actually done is uh, they they didn't want chickens. They didn't want the headaches of it and all that. But uh, one of the things a friend of mine did. Uh, so he actually went ahead and he got ducks and uh, what he does with the duck now ducks I don't they don't do scraping and stuff like the chickens do but uh, one they don't they do lay eggs though by the way uh, duck eggs are actually pretty good if you ever tried them before they say they're not really the greatest things in the world for you because they got a lot of cholesterol in them but uh, one of the things too you can use ducks and uh, one of the things ducks do that they do it more than chickens do it actually um, if you get a small kitty pond like I was telling you and put water in it ducks generally more than chickens want to be in water. And what they actually do is they'll actually go ahead and they'll jump in the water and they do their stuff in the water and then you use the water to fertilize. And uh, like I said, ducks actually want to be in the water more than than chickens do. And, uh, you know, they don't scrape and they don't just say that. So they're not as... You know, they don't do it as much, but they uh, they do. As, they're another option as well. If you have, like say, do you want to just get a duck or get two ducks, and uh, and you can actually do that way. And uh, one of the things about the only thing about the ducks, like I said, you have to make sure you have water for them because if you don't, they get a little aggressive. But uh, like I said, if you go ahead and use a duck or two, you can actually do the same thing with the water idea. And, uh, you know, it'll, it works pretty well for him. I actually know, I've actually seen guys that actually have homesteads that what they'll actually do is they'll actually have... 
uh, big tubs and irrigation systems set up for the ducks and the ducks will do their thing you know the, they just leave the water in there all the time ducks do a thing and then they just open up the pipes and you know they irrigate their whole property just with with the water from the ducks uh, and from what I've seen those guys actually do really really well with that duck water and uh, they do pretty well as far as you know letting things grow and all that and uh, a lot of guys have had a lot of success with that over the years and I've actually seen them like one guy I know he actually says oh I don't water I I water my plants with is my duck water and I'm like okay <laughs> uh, you know it, it works pretty well for him he's got maybe 10 ducks and he's just got a big tub and and the tub has you know PVC pipe coming out of it and it just goes to all the different gardening areas and every day he just turns on the faucet a little bit and gets a little water and that's how he does it and he he has some he has some major plants too uh, he's got some of the best brightest reddest hugest tomatoes I've, I've ever seen uh, from when he grows and it's pretty amazing uh, one of the things too folks you want to remember too when you are picking stuff that you want to grow uh, one thing too is to kind of think of too when you're growing it what can you actually can now mostly anything is cannable but um, some things aren't I'm not exactly sure what they are but I know uh, a couple of older ladies were telling me recently that there's certain things that you can't can um but I'm not exactly sure what those things are, but there are certain things you can't can. So you have to make sure whatever you're growing, if you're going to can it uh, for winter, make sure you actually, you know, double check to make sure it is cannable. Like pickles, I know uh, you can can those. I know there's certain things you can't. Obviously, you can can fruit, uh, stuff, that kind of stuff. But uh, there are certain things you can't can because I think it's some of the acid or something like that. So you have to make sure you just go online and just Google it just to make sure you can. Uh, last thing you want to do is to get sick on something like that. Canning is its own. I've actually been trying to do some of my own canning. And I'm not gonna lie, I haven't been overly successful. I did have a couple that turned out really well, but the the key is the seal and making sure that the the bottles and all that are all sterilized and all that before you do. So the, that's a big big part of it. And um, I, I'm actually gonna do probably a whole podcast on canning down the road because uh, it is kind of like an art almost. But um, I've actually I have an older Italian lady who's gonna show me how to do it. She's been doing it for decades now. And she's going to show me how to do it. So once I know how to do it properly, I'll make sure to uh, kind of spread that knowledge along. But that's something you can definitely do is is can the things you're growing. Uh, one of the things, though, I do I do say is you, the best thing you do is you, you can – if you're going to grow stuff, it's best to grow, like I said, stuff you want, but stuff that's easy to grow too, like growing watermelons – you know, it, it takes a while. Um, you know, tomatoes, generally you get a pretty turnaround on those pretty quick. Pickles, you get a turnaround. Cucumbers, they turn around pretty quick. Any of that kind of stuff, you're going to get a turnaround pretty quick on. Uh, certain things like watermelon, uh, potatoes even sometimes can take a while. Potatoes are very, very easy. If you if you ever want to save money, one of the easiest things you can do is grow potatoes. Uh, they're very easy to grow. They don't take long to grow, too. You get a pretty ter- quick turnaround on them. And like I said, they're, they're a pretty easy f- thing to grow. And like I said, along with that, like I said, like I said, any, any cucumbers, lettuce can be hard at times. I've actually tried growing my own lettuce. Uh, that can be rather hard, especially if you get a rough patch with the sun and stuff like that. You can really lose the whole crop. So uh, that's pretty easy. Grapes are tough to grow, too. Uh, they're a pretty hard crop. But like I said, cu- any, any cucumbers, tomatoes, um, anything like that is, is relatively easy. Like I said, potatoes are easy. Uh, actually, corn's really easy, too, if you want to do some of that. That's pretty simple to do. Uh, any of that stuff is relatively an easy crop to grow. Uh, it's when you get uh, some, of these, some, of these, some of these things. Like I said, watermelons are going to take forever to grow. 
Um, like I said, you get some of these things that are rather difficult. Like I said, lettuce is really a pain in the butt. Grapes are, are really a tough thing too. Uh, all that stuff is going to be tough and, and a lot of work and, and you might not get much out of it. Uh, like I said, those other things, you know, and plus too, potatoes are one of those things you can use with everything. Uh, you know, corn pretty much goes with every meal. Uh, any of that kind of stuff you can use, like, gene- like even peas, they go with everything. Green beans go with everything, but like I said, stuff like stuff like uh, you know watermelons, stuff like that can give me. You know, you're only gonna you know that that really is kind of you know one thing that you you know it's just like a fruit and that's it. It doesn't really you know the other stuff kind of goes with everything and you can use it for different meals and stuff like that. You know you know you got to be careful. You I know people are growing melons and stuff like that, but that, that stuff that yeah it's really good when it's fresh and all that, but it's tough to grow and it's it, it can be you know it's one of those things where if it doesn't work out there's you know. You know, sometimes you don't get the greatest return on investment on stuff like that. But if you want to try it, go ahead and try it. I wouldn't discourage you from trying it. Uh, But, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. So, folks, I think I'm going to go ahead and kind of wrap it up for this episode. Uh, You know, we'll talk about more about permaculture and fertilizer and uh, homesteading and all that. But uh, I just wanted to give you guys kind of a kind of well, everything is homesteading. But I want to give you guys just a quick. I know a couple people that had had sent me emails and stuff about how about growing stuff and about trees and asking me about you know, like I said, uh, you know, uh, gardens and. And how to fertilize their plants and all like that. Some people have sent emails, but so I wanted to go ahead and touch on that and uh, kind of talk a little bit about that kind of stuff because I know a lot of people have been asking for it. Uh, you know, permaculture is one of those things that once you get bit with the bug, you kind of just keep, you know you just keep doing it. But uh, we'll talk more about permaculture down the road. I want to do a whole thing on another whole thing on permaculture uh, down the road. But uh, you know, for right now, I just kind of wanted to talk about the kind of the basic, the nuts and bolts of it, stuff that you can do to kind of get started. And like I said, folks, a lot of the stuff I told you about. Like I said, you can do even if you have a small apartment. I know you can't have chickens if you have a small apartment, some of that. But uh, you know, if like I said, you can do the whole goldfish idea if you have a small apartment. That does work really, really well. Uh, you know, you got a lot of lot. Of, you got a lot of information here. This is this is a lot, and actually, a short podcast information wise. Uh, you know, like I said, you can do the, you can definitely, like I said, you can even grow your own little garden. Uh, you can go on Amazon, by the way, and get those seed starter kits. If you live in a small apartment or a small place and you say, oh, I don't have a lot of room, you can actually go on Amazon and get those seed starter kits for like 10, 15 bucks and just start your own seeds and just start with that. Um, you know, and then too, what the other thing too, which you can do, I know a lot of people do this and people say, oh, I don't have a big area for a big garden. Uh, what you can do folks, you can go get those buckets at Home Depot, drill some holes in the bottom of them for drainage and you can start growing plants just right in those little orange Home Depot buckets. Just start out with a couple buckets and start out with a couple a couple plants, you know, a couple little seeds in each and, and grow it like that. There, there's a lot of things you can actually do with very small plots of land. Uh, that you can really do a lot with. Like I said, especially that seed starter stuff, that's great for people that are in small homes. Uh, they do have small herb gardens you can actually buy, and it's like 100 bucks, and you get like 10 or 15 different herbs, and uh, it actually comes with a UV light and all that kind of stuff, and you can actually start doing that if you want to start growing your own herbs and spices. There's a lot of that. Like I said, you can, like I said, get those buckets at Home Depot, drill some holes in the bottom for drainage, get some potting. So we want to just grow a couple couple plants in those little pots. Those are great ideas as well. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do with very little space. Uh, like I said, you can even grow a small herb garden even just on, the, you know, your windowsill in your kitchen. 
Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things you, you can do very little. Like I said, if you want to, they're saying, well, fertilize that. I mean, if you, you know, you can use the, the goldfish idea that worked really, really well for a lot of people I know that are in small apartments. Uh, I actually gave that suggestion to a handful of my friends of mine that are in apartments and they said it worked great. Uh, that's something you can do. So there's a lot of things you can do if you don't have a lot of land. Uh, you know, we're very fortunate here. We have a couple acres, but, uh, you know, some people don't, you know, they live in the city and they have small apartments and that's, you know, that's, that's the way you get started, you know, just doing small things like that to get going. But uh, like I said, folks, there's a lot you can do. If you have any questions, like I said, survivalistpodcast.org. Go ahead and connect up with me on uh, my Twitter, KB3YOA, my ham radio calls line. I want to do another whole, I want to do a whole podcast just on ham radio um, one day. We'll get to that. That That's in the works. Uh, and then two, by the way, like I said, as always, like I said, uh, KB3YOA, KB3YOA, my call sign on Twitter. And like I said, survivalistpodcast.org. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening and uh, we will see you on the next podcast, which will hopefully be uh, next week. Thank you very much.